Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Rabbit Weasel Podcast. This is episode number 46, and we are covering Frankenhooker. Frankenhooker. That's Justin. Uh, Well, first, I'm Jared, I guess I should say. Uh, And that's my brother, Justin. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing, (laughs) yeah, doing very well these days. Good, good. Glad to hear it. And uh, as always, we're joined with Mia, which is my sister-in-law, Justin's wife, so... Hi, wife. Hello, husband. Uh, how are you, Mia, today? I am doing good. I'm excited to talk about Frankenhooker. Yeah. Okay, so before we jump into it, we should say this was a request movie. We've kind of been sitting on it for a long time before we finally get to it. A, uh, a family, family, family member, a relative of ours recommended this one, and it was actually one, I think this is the first time where none of us or one of the few times where none of us had seen the movie before. I know neither one of you had seen Frankenhooker, right? No. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was my first time too. I've been aware of it for a long time. Um, just a little background on the movie. This is a Frank Hinnenlotter film. Uh, so he did Brain Damage and Basket Case. So we talked about Frank Hinnenlotter, if you remember in the, the Malignant episode because I said it was kind of seemed to be inspired by Basket Case. Um, okay. Basket Case is the one where the twin, the uh, conjoined twin is separated at birth and he keeps his twin, his like mutant twin in a basket and carries it around everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I could see where the inspiration from Malignant might come from. Yeah. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. And Brain Damage is the one where they have the talking slug parasite thing that attaches to your brain and gets you super high but it also gets you addicted to it and then it forces you to kill for it so uh, that's great all i can hear is yurks from animorphs i don't know if you remember this sort of sort of like that yeah (laughs) going in the brain those jerks i do remember those yeah we've still got a lot of those uh all those books too i think we have pretty much all of them yeah uh, but yeah, so Frank Hinnlotter, I love those two movies. Um, and so I've been waiting to see this one for a while. Uh, and so it finally was time to watch it for the first time. Okay, yeah. so Frankenhooker, um, as you can guess by the title, it's a combination of Frankenstein and Hooker, like a prostitute. Mm-hmm. So this is a pretty, this is a very sleazy movie, uh, super black comedy, uh, take on the Frankenstein story. Uh, it reminds me a little bit of, I think our second episode was reanimator. That was one of our first ones. And it reminds me a lot of reanimator really more so bride of reanimator. Uh, this has a lot to do with a very similar to bride of reanimator where you're trying to get parts to make the woman. Um, and this movie also, uh, seems to have been, was inspired by the brain that wouldn't die anybody you guys seen the brain that wouldn't die <laughs> in this movie ta-da. yeah um the brain that wouldn't die was that 50s maybe early 60s movie about a guy whose wife gets decapitated in a car crash so he keeps her head alive and goes out to find prostitutes to get a new body so yeah a lot of similarities there. oh yeah it's almost a spoof in some ways cross mix between that and frankenstein the frankenstein references from like the early early version are awesome like the odes to it are great i'm like oh i've seen that and we did frankenstein right which episode what episode was that we I've got the too, but frankenstein was pretty early on and there are some clear odes to that yeah frankenstein oh frankenstein was number three yeah actually reanimator was our first episode i was thinking zombie was our first episode but zombie was our apparently our second episode so, yeah, we're kind of going back to uh, early episodes here with some of our references. But, uh, yeah, now that I've set it up enough, I want to get your reactions to this movie. Um, Mia, you first. What did you think? For, what did you expect? First of all, I want to know what you expect from Frankenhooker. Uh, well, wait, back up a little bit. Where did you guys watch this movie? Right here in our living room today. Are we watching on Amazon. <laughs> Amazon. Okay. <laughs> you always ask that. Yes, like, you always get the question wrong. <laughs> uh, streaming service, assholes. Streaming service. <laughs> I'm hoping you saw, surely on Amazon, it was the unedited version. I think there was a rated R version that, of course, had to cut 
unedited. Yeah. Okay. We, good. Uh, good. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, lots of Mia nipples. Then, yeah. yeah. Mia, we'll go to you first. Uh, what were you expecting from this movie, and what did you think of the movie? Go ahead. Okay. So I'll be honest. So, <laughs> uh, given the title, I told Justin I was going with in with very low expectations. Yeah, sure. She did tell me that. I did. I can vouch. I was, like, I was, I was there. Gonna, yeah, I was like, I'm going to go with very low expectations. Um, and I was actually very entertained by the home movie. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah it's I was, hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> I was really yeah entertained. I was never like prepared for how the movie would turn in the way that it did turn mm-hmm. different times like I was like I was not prepared for that like I didn't think that's how that was gonna go mm-hmm. um and it was really entertaining I have to say I had low expectations and it actually turned out to be funny and very entertaining yeah I think the sense of humor is kind of like kind of a South Park style sense of humor, just over the top and uh, offensive. And Justin, all right, same question for you before I, I start going back again. It was, it was so much, I mean, it was so much better than I was expecting. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I was expecting something closer to like... Um, Blood Freak. <laughs> Blood Freak, yeah. yeah. Um, or something like Sleepaway Camp. Um, and I just I had those images in my mind for this movie. And then I like, before I watch it, I usually don't read the plot outline, but I read the plot outline on Wikipedia. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is, this is this has potential to be pretty freaking awesome. Yeah. Um, and as we started watching it, I mean, <laughs> it is freaking hilarious. Uh, like so much black comedy throughout. It was, I mean, we were, we were cracking up at multiple points. It's really dark. It's really freaking funny, and it's you know it's exploitative, exploitative, and uh, uh, has way you know over the top nudity and sexual stuff. Uh, we should put that up front too. But oh yeah, it's freaking hilarious, and it, I really enjoyed it. It um, does the exploitative. Well, I mean, a lot of nudity, but the dark humor works with it, it where it doesn't feel like. I don't know, like some of them, like in the previous movies that we watched, it's just like, oh, now I'm going to take my top off for no reason. Yeah. You know, and this one, I was like, of course, it works with the storyline. Right. (laughs) Because then I was like, are you saying hookers are naked often? Is that what the the thing with hookers? They usually don't have clothes on. Is that part of it? Anyways. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I guess content warning. I mean, this one is very very explicit it has hooker in the title okay it's a horror movie that has the word hooker in the title so if you're listening if you're watching this movie that's your choice right uh, so I don't think the, people are still following along on the podcast i gotta be honest i think they, yeah they episodes ago yeah you probably <laughs> left around yeah. i don't know i mean right what what broke people? Let's see here. Videodrome <laughs> probably sent some people away. Way before Videodrome. Videodrome was like relatively recent. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking through my list here. Really, I mean, we started with Reanimator uh, yeah. and Zombie. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so this movie, this came out in 1990. And um, I feel like it's one of the last 80s movies, even though it came yeah. out in 1990. Because... Uh, it definitely is more of an 80s movie than a 90s movie. Horror kind of died off in the 90s and lost a lot of its sense of fun. But for a year or two there, you still had some more. Uh, like Peter Jackson's uh, Dead Alive came out around that time. So there was still some really cool effects-filled stuff. And this is also a New York film. There was a bunch of films like this that took place kind of in the uh, New York at the time when New York was super sleazy. And I think that this captures that a lot too. Um, it's that sort of pre Giuliani, uh, mm. New York. <laughs> yeah. Let's not get off on that. But anyways, um, so yeah, that's, that's the setting. Okay. So the movie opens with a brain inside of a jar and one <laughs> eyeball inside of the brain. Yeah, which never and- gets explained. Yeah, it never, like, I thought it would come back into the movie at some point. But no, that's just, it's just kind of in the background for the rest of the movie. Whose brain is it? Um, You know, but he, Jeffrey, our main character, so he's our Dr. Frankenstein here. He brings the brain 
and eyeball alive on his kitchen table. And then we realize this is all going on during a birthday party for his fiance, Elizabeth, her father. Um, so I really love the contrast here between the super bizarre opening and the fact that it's all going on in this sort of idealized suburban setting, you know? <laughs> um, you just like there on the kitchen table, <laughs> experimenting with his brain with an eyeball in it. Yeah. Or like, Jeffrey's a little weird. Uh-huh. And everybody's just kind of okay with it too. Like, all right, Jeffrey, let's, let's, you know, it's a party. Don't get too strange today. <laughs> the mom comes in and she's making what, cabbage? Coleslaw. Yeah. Coleslaw. And oh. that mother, the mother was very familiar to me. So I had to look her up. She played, she also played the mother in <laughs> Blood, Blood Rage, I think it was, the Thanksgiving slasher movie with the two twins. So for all five people who are listening, who have seen both those movies, there you go. Uh, maybe yeah. next Thanksgiving, we'll, we'll cover that one. <laughs> I think you're the edge case there, my friend. Yeah. Uh, just the end of one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so right away, they kind of set the bizarre humor tone of the film. The other thing um, too, at the beginning that I didn't expect was a little bit of, had like a brief video drone vibe because the brain is like coming through a TV screen kind of thing. Um, and so it also is playing off of like, technology and transmission of things there's some of that at the beginning too it's kind of fun yeah i think we start off we're from the perspective of the brain right yeah um so he's trying to get the eyeball to follow follow his hand um then we switch to him um so before we move forward how would you guys describe jeffrey obviously he's our frankenstein stand in Mm -hmm. he is kind of a quirky wannabe doctor who is engaged to Elizabeth. Um, He's a little odd. Um, And he kind of reminds me of, um, what's his name? What did I say his name was? He kind of reminds me of uh, Andrew McCarthy, like a young Andrew McCarthy in a weird way. Okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so he's kind of like, so he's obviously brilliant. There are a lot of parallels between, I mean, I keep going back to Reanimator because they're both kind of takes on the Frankenstein story, but uh, he is uh, brilliant, but it's briefly mentioned that he's been kicked out of medical school multiple times, probably for these kind of experiments, you know, uh, but he actually works at like a power company or something. So he still does freaky medical stuff on the side. Um we do get some uh, a lot of character development here. Mm-hmm. He goes from being just kind of a weirdo to manic weirdo. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but we'll get that. So, like we said, we were at we're still at the big, very beginning of the movie. He he has a fiance, Elizabeth, um, beautiful lady. I think she was like a penthouse model or something like that. I've already forgotten. Uh, but they're having a birthday party for her father. Um, and there's a thing here. There's like a running joke in the movie that does not work that she's supposed to be fat. Did you guys catch that? Yeah. And she's She's not fat. Yeah. Yeah. So what happened here was they actually have her in a fat suit, but all the close-ups are like, you know, chest up, shoulders up. So you never really get that much of a good look at the fat suit and they have it. It was too much work to do anything on her face. So her face looks normal. So like walking, even when they have her walking away in the fat suit, the belt still has her waist at like 10 inches. I mean, even when the rest of it is kind of inflated a little bit, the waist is still like really small. Yeah. So there's supposed to be a thing where she's fat. That's a running thing in the movie, but they just didn't pull it off very well. Uh, And you kind of forget about it until later in the movie. You're like, oh, yeah, she was supposed to be overweight, but she's definitely not. Anyways, (laughs) um, so she shows uh i'll let justin take this one she gives her father a gift from jeffrey oh my god uh, and demonstrates yes. it Justin, you want to tell us about this gift and how it Man, goes wrong yes 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 um uh i mean you know talk about semi-autonomous technology going awry um this is like a beautiful well horrible 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 example uh so uh jeffrey has made a lawnmower that is remote controlled and so Elizabeth 
standing appropriately in front of the lawnmower is giving a speech and a demonstration to everyone with the remote talking about how her father can steer it by remote. And so she's like, this button turns it on and she turns it on and the, the lawnmower behind her, you know, comes to life and she's like, this is how you steer it. And then it like cuts to Jeffrey and Jeffrey was like, don't stand in front of it, dear. Don't stand in front of it. And then she's like, and then you press this one to go forward. And she presses it, he's like, no. And so he like comes for towards her. And it's too late, of course. But all you see is like blood being splattered on a yard gnome. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, so, yeah, Elizabeth is gone and chopped up into uh, into pieces. She's tossed. She's tossed. Tossed salad. What is it? <laughs> yeah. Like, anyways, um, I don't. So, OK, a lot of things. Um, so this 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 really pushes Jeffrey over the edge. Right. So he like steals her head and hides it in this this sort of makeshift freezer that's filled with a preserving fluid to keep it alive. But. We also get um, some satire here. We see the news coverage of the incident. Mm. Um, and there's, you know, like I said, satire of how the uh, media handles tragedy. Like they're coming up with all kinds of clever wordplay. Um, even though someone's been tragically killed and they're like shoving microphones and um, grieving people's faces and stuff like that. When at the so. end, she's like, too, it's like it tossed her into a salad, a salad. That was once called Elizabeth. <laughs> yes, like, geez, goodness. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, and I think, well, I won't go off on that, the whole news media thing, but let's get back to the movie. Uh, so she's dead. All this happens in like five minutes, okay, of the movie. She's dead. We get to maybe... One of the most disturbing scenes in the movie, there's all these scenes where Jeffrey is like doing monologues to himself and we see how he's slipping further and further into insanity. Uh, but we see it very quickly at the beginning. Do you guys remember the, the dinner scene? He takes her head out and has dinner with her head. And he opens up her mouth and pours wine down it and is like, there, take it slow. Yeah. He and you see the one her head is sitting on a table her decapitated head and he has candles and all kinds of stuff and he's talking to her like she's still there alive he pours wine in her mouth and the wine like comes out of her neck um like they're there he uh oh yeah he shows her like he's trying to show her pictures of um new bodies he could get for her oh, and his yeah. oh, it's all just like pin, nude pinup girls with a picture of her taped over their face. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure his, uh, I'm sure Elizabeth would really appreciate that. He he reads a poem for her. Do you guys remember the poem? Oh man, the poem. Yeah, I, I, the poem was great. And then he like sticks it on her finger and throws her back into the liquid. Yeah, I'm going to read all of you the poem that Let's Jeffrey reads. To his decapitated wife's head while they're eating, while he's eating dinner and talking to her. Okay, this poem is called <laughs> Warning Contents Under Pressure by Jeffrey Franken. This is great. My heart is packed so full of love for you that I dreamed I exploded like aerosol cans sometimes do. I blew with such force that my bones became shrapnel and leveled the town except the small chapel. My teeth flew like bullets. I didn't know what was happening. They killed everyone in sight, except for the chaplain. And then, thanks to him, we were happily wed, even though at the time, I think we were both dead. The end. Mm. <laughs> it's the worst poem ever written. Um, very uh, prophetic, depending on your definition of chaplain, though. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and then like Justin said, he tucks the poem into her severed foot and throws everything back into the, <laughs> the container with the fluid. Uh, we have to give a quick shout out here to, there's a brief moment where we see the, the creepy weatherman who's telling him about the big storm yeah. coming up. That is uh, John Zacherly. And he was one of the first horror hosts going back to the 1950s on TV. Uh he is also, Frank Kennan and a lot of our friends, uh, fans will remember him from 
he's the voice of the brain parasite and brain damage. So he's a really so. good job. And he's like, any creepy killers out there that want to make their moves tonight to make them. <laughs> yeah. And two days, if you're doing some creepy science experiments, now's your chance. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Jeffrey's idea to get new body parts is to use hookers, of course. Uh, Justin, how does he get the idea to use hookers? <laughs> well, he can't come up with any ideas, and he's like having a hard time. He's like, oh, and he like walks up to a model brain, and he's like, region 23, region 23. So he grabs a drill, and you're like, what? And then he starts drilling it up in his own brain, mm-hmm. and he like goes into kind of a sort of semi-trance thing where he like has ideas and the first time he doesn't like he doesn't have any good ideas he's like really frustrated and he's like ah i'm not going to be able to figure it out and then he does it again he's like ah 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 and then he takes the drew out of his head and um he has decided that he has money and he can just buy some lady parts mm-hmm. uh from some ladies just down the road Yes. Across the bridge from New Jersey into (laughs) New York. You can't really, and this is where his acting is really, it really sells this film, that that main actor, because when he puts the drill in his head, it's like a a super powerful stimulant for him, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And he just starts ranting and ranting and ranting about different ideas. And the first one isn't any good. He comes up with some plan about going to the airport and kidnapping a stewardess or something and then he takes the drill out he's like no that's terrible let me try again um (laughs) so yeah i can't say i've seen many movies where someone drills their own head to stimulate their brain um by the way everybody that is called self-trepanation it's a real thing um there there's actually this old documentary you can find where a woman does self self self-trepanation on herself on film uh, you can look that up if you feel like it. But anyways. Um, right now, Mia. <laughs> no, not right now. Not while we're doing the podcast. We're live. Okay. Um, yeah, so he's going to use hookers, which fortunately, this being 80s New York, they are everywhere, apparently. And a lot of those shots, actually, when he's riding around and there's just all the hookers walking on the street, those were real hookers because they just got in a camera, got a camera and rode around the streets of New York and filmed. So some of that is really what the streets of New York looked like at that time, or at least some of these streets. So, yeah. Uh, anyways, so he goes, he, he ends up meeting up with a pimp named Zorro. Um, and Zorro works in the Huevos Grandes bar and grill. <laughs> So, uh, Mia, you speak Spanish. What does that translate to? <laughs> so, huevos are eggs, and then grandes are big. <laughs> and so, it's like big balls. Basically, the big, the big balls. And how, how would you describe this bar? Tell us about the bar, Mia. Um, it is, okay. It is covered in graffiti. Everyone is doing drugs. It, it's like meth in the little capsules, right? I think that's what it is. Um, there are people, oh yeah, there's like a threesome ho- going on in the bathroom while he's trying to find Zorro um, and he can't keep the door closed. And um, he gets to meet Zorro and which I think it's funny because he brands all his hookers. Yeah, he brands <laughs> like, them. Yeah, kind of like, uh, well, not the actual like Zorro, uh, you know, the Adventures of Zorro, where he goes with the little Z. Yeah, the movie. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't brand people, but what does he? He cuts them he sometimes, cuts, like, I think. But but uh, not as hookers. Similar vein. Sort of. To yeah. It. But yeah. Yeah. So the uh, the Huevos Grandes Bar and Grill is a super dirty grimy place with everybody drug i like there's the one guy who keeps trying to smoke a cigarette backwards i remember in college seeing people get super drunk and trying to do that um 
Yeah, um, that's that's when you know you've had too much, folks. When you're trying to light your cigarette backwards, um, go home and don't yeah, drive. Don't just, drive. Yeah, get, have someone take you home and just go to straight to bed. Um, so <laughs> what he does is he tells Zorro, "I need like an evening. I need like six or seven girls." So when he has the money, so um, he arranges to have all these girls come to his apartment. He makes it some story about wanting to have a party and needs to pick the best girls, whatever. Uh, another little tidbit here. Uh, this is Zorro is played by Joseph Gonzalez. He was only in two movies. This one, which is sad. He, he could have been in more movies. He's, he's kind of a fun guy. Um, his only other role was in Brain Damage. Again, Brain Damage, where <laughs> if you look it up on IMDb, he is credited as Guy in Shower. <laughs> Um, the so, name in this movie <laughs> yeah those are his two roles he was zorro and zorro the pimp in frankenhooker and guy in shower <laughs> in uh in brain damage kudos uh, to you yeah he should have been more stuff you know he could have but anyways um so jeffrey now has a moral dilemma he wants to bring his wife back or his fiance back uh he needs hooker body parts to do it but he doesn't want to be just be a murderer so what's his plan uh, I guess, yeah <laughs> he he makes super crack. super crack yeah that's what it he comes <laughs> up with super crack explode oh my gosh poor hamster go ahead justin tell us what happens to the hamster oh my gosh he's like pumping the hamster he's pumping s- smoke from crack into the hamster's water bottle basically and then it's like pumped into his little cage and uh the hamster breathes it (laughs) it explodes and all that's left is its fur yes that's right we have exploding hamsters um (laughs) so maybe maybe the super crack is a little bit too strong if it just makes you explode (laughs) Uh, but that's his plan. And there's a lot of like 1980s satire here, of, like the just say no movement. You know, he literally even says it's their choice. I don't uh, I'm not making them take it. They can just say no. no. Yeah. And those of you who are our age or a little bit older, you, you, you remember all that just say no propaganda stuff. So pretty cool, though. I did like yeah. the dare dog. It was a it was a pretty cool little dog that came by uh mcgruff mcgruff the crime dog i think well like the local county had like a drug dog that would come by during dare week and it was like uh, oh, drug dog. i could i could go off and go on and on about that but again i'll restrain myself and focus on the movie I um song the dare song but anyway drugs are bad how does it go no. uh users no. are losers and losers don't win so don't do drugs don't do drugs okay no, um no. And definitely not while recording podcasts. Yeah. And I have to say, man, that whole, the whole dare campaign was a colossal failure because our generation did a lot of drugs, <laughs> but, but, but not while on podcasts. Yeah. Um, anyway, anyway. <laughs> uh, okay. Where, where are we? Yeah. So that's his plan. He makes super crack. He'll, just leave it out for the girls to find. And if they do it, and if it happens to kill them, well, that's their own choices. Uh, <laughs> but he has kind of like a crisis of conscience. He does. Of. He does. He does. He finally decides he can't go through with it, but it's a little too late. But now we get to one of a very memorable scene in the movie where he goes and meets all the prostitutes in like this uh, hotel room. And it, it, this is where the movie answers, becomes answers easy, easy. Yeah. There, he becomes like a it becomes like a softcore porn scene for a while with just like all these topless girls and him measuring them. <laughs> and he's dressed in uh, he's dressed in his um, doctor's outfit. Got the lab coat on thing, the white lab yeah. coat. And he's like eighteen inches in diameter. Perfect, perfect. Yeah. And I love it because it's super sleazy and they're all like in call girl mode. They're trying to be sexy and everything. And he's just super scientific. (laughs) And I guess they just think it's like his kink to play doctor. I'm sure these girls have seen a lot worse. So they just kind of go with it. Um, And finally, they start to get impatient. They're like, look, is something going to happen here? We've only got a few more minutes. 
and where's our money? So he throws his bag to them uh, and his bag. He's like, yeah, the money's in there. Just take your money. I, I can't do this. But um, let's, let, I'm going to turn it over to Mia again here. First, I want to say that uh, Jeffrey becomes like super conservative here in this, this scene. It's kind of funny. He's like telling them not to do drugs. And he tells them to turn off the music because it's the devil's music. And there's a part where these two girls start making out and he tells them to not do unnatural things. Unnatural. Um, but they do, they open up the bag and they find the super crack. All right, Mia, do you want to take one of the, the craziest scenes in the whole movie? What happens when they discover the super crack? Okay, they discover the super crack and then they start looking for stems uh, or whatever little things they do. Crack pipes. Crack pipes, there you go. And so they're all just, you know, smoking away. They restrain him. He's like, no, don't take it. You're going to die. And they're just smoking their crack away. And then suddenly one starts feeling like not so great. It's so hot in here. Yeah. (laughs) And she fucking explodes. (laughs) Yeah. She explodes. explodes. And then they all kind of start going one by one. Yeah. So all the prostitutes, (laughs) here's a sentence I didn't think I'd ever say. All the prostitutes explode. Um, And uh, (laughs) so Zorro comes in because he's getting impatient and (laughs) he gets knocked out by one of the exploding prostitutes. Her head hits him in the head. And there's like the super cartoony sound effect of like bowling pins. And he gets knocked out. So Jeffrey is now in a room filled with body parts and he collects all the body parts and puts them into (laughs) trash bags. Yeah. And takes them home. He's like, I will, I'll put you all back together. I mean, I got to do Elizabeth first, but then I'll put you all back together. I'm so sorry. Yeah, he promises to put them all back together. I'm not sure how, if he's stealing body parts from them. But anyways, uh, (laughs) he's clearly not thinking straight at this point. Uh, So that whole scene is just great. Um, And (laughs) they really, I guess they made like mannequins. And so you'll see the girl and there'll be like a quick cut to where it's a mannequin of the girl and the mannequin explodes. Um, I think uh, and Lauder said they could have done more realistic effects there, but there were times in the movie where they chose not to do realism because they wanted it to be more comedy. Like, you know, when he's drilling his brain, he, there should be blood everywhere. There's no blood. But they said, you know, if it's bloody, then it'd be more horror than comedy. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. The exploding hooker scene. It's great. Uh, so what does he do? He takes all the body parts home in his trash bags. Uh, we have a lot of great gags here uh, where he's getting all, picking out all the body parts. Do you guys remember any? I've got a couple written down if you don't. <laughs> when he's sifting through the different boobs. <laughs> yeah. To find matching ones. And then what else? The legs. Going through the legs. Yeah. There's else. a garbage can filled with like hooker legs sticking yeah. out with. <laughs> Do you remember that? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, and I, again, the poop's on a plate thing. It's like one of those big waiters' plates, you know, and it's just filled <laughs> with removed boobs. And he's like picking through them, trying to find matching pairs. Um, and oh when he picks out the leg he realizes one of the girl has bunions and he freaks out and has to remove the bunions uh yeah if if you're not sold at this part of the movie we just have different senses of humor uh but i was just amazed when i was watching this um all right so he stitches it all together he throws the remaining parts into his little vat or his fluid saying i'll i'll get to you guys later um and then we have a scene that's directly from the original Frank- Frankenstein, yeah. where you use a, uh, light, a thun- lightning storm to bring the girls back. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a pretty direct reference. It even has the uh, the lift that takes the girl up out of his house so it can be struck by lightning. Um, we were commenting on it as it was going on. I mean, it's, it's like just kind of lifted basically directly. Yeah, and that's not but- from... Uh, the book so that's definitely uh, a tribute to the original movie 
And uh, no, it's alive. No screaming, it's alive. Yeah. Just sad. But uh, one, one step too much. <laughs> uh, it works, of course, but there's one thing. Uh, there's too much lightning. It like comes down into his office and it uh, into his lab, and it strikes the the container of all the body parts, and you see it kind of shaking around. So I was really excited when I saw that because I'm like, yes, I want to see where this goes. And it does come back up later, but forget about it for now. There's a funny one here too, kind of like uh, like when she goes up, she's laying down, and when she's coming back down, she's standing up, which uh, was kind of like a funny little. Yeah, I guess the first thing she does is stand up, and her hair <laughs> yeah, is purple. I don't know why her hair turns purple. Uh, but what do we think? Uh, I think she looks great. Like the makeup and special effects look great here. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I don't like her shoes, but <laughs> but I think that's that's what you're going with. I didn't didn't care for her shoes. I don't like her um, shoes because they made her walk funny. But I, I mean, that's the whole point. Like, didn't go with the outfit. <laughs> you have a woman stitched together from the body parts of dead hookers, Mia. And you're talking about the shoes. <laughs> yep, um, yep. Female eyes different than, uh, than the male eye. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the stitches, uh, the stitches look good. It really does look like she's put together with different parts. I mean, like her face is super what different. The different body parts are different colors. There's bruising. Um, she <laughs> and her, the way she acts here is a, a reference to Bride of Frankenstein. Uh, and Bride of Frankenstein, of course, it follows a similar plot where we want to make a wife for the um, for the monster, not for the doctor. But uh, she has those jerky uh, movements. And so that's kind of what you see here, except it's taken to an extreme for parody. Uh, but there's something wrong here. So when Elizabeth comes back, it's not really Elizabeth. Uh, <laughs> Justin, like what, a, what's, a what's wrong with her? Of all the uh brains of all the women whose body parts she makes up so it's like she just starts repeating lines from all the hookers from earlier in the movie yeah what does she say got any money want a yeah. party want a date, date? Wanna date? <laughs> and for like the next 20 minutes that's that's what she does she just like jerks around and spews out these hooker lines that we've already <laughs> heard yep. uh, so uh yeah his plan did not really work uh and she's still in like hooker mode all she knows is being a prostitute so she's got to go to that so she while he's saying these things jeffrey's confused she goes what you got any money he's like what i don't have any money so she knocks him out <laughs> and she goes straight to the streets to continue uh, <laughs> continue her work doing. yeah the oldest profession yeah uh <laughs> Uh, Mia is dying in the background here, trying to contain herself. It's great. Um, where where are we? Okay, yeah. So he goes. Jeffrey goes out to find her when he wakes when he wakes back up, and she's just One wandering around. What? <laughs> Mia down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she, on, he, please. <laughs> She is just walking around the streets of New York, uh, freaking everybody out, trying what, to pick people what up. Day? Everyone's, what a yeah. day. Want a day? Got money? Any money? Want a party? <laughs> uh, it's hilarious. It really is. It's hilarious, guys. I don't know how, if you've seen this it's movie or if it's been a long time. <laughs> Did you find it funny? <laughs> we have officially broke Justin and me. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> So she does find a guy. Ah. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> she does find a guy, right? She finally finds a guy who, for some reason, just thinks she's perfect. Uh, seems she to not realize. Yeah. Uh, and this guy, he's like a middle-aged, overweight, balding guy, and he just falls in love with her. Uh, I'm Jeffrey. I'm Jeffrey. He keeps. She keeps calling him Jeffrey, though, which is kind yeah. of funny. And he just thinks it's great. Like this is he's he's he's, he's been waiting his whole life for this moment. <laughs> uh, whew, uh, yeah. So he she takes him back to an apartment, 
and um, they start fooling around. She starts doing her her job, and uh, Mia, what happens? What happens to okay. the John she picks up? So, what happens to the job? Is okay, so he's like he's so excited. <laughs> he's so excited. He's getting undressed, and he's in bed, and she's like, you know, doing her hooker thing. Taking off her, <laughs> taking off her. She gets on top of him, and she's grinding on him. And then he suddenly starts like uh, producing smoke, and he's all like, "Is is it hot in here? It's getting hot in here, right?" And then suddenly you see like little electric bol- like bolts coming out of his mouth, and then he explodes. He explodes. And, he, and she's holding his head, right? She's holding his head, and he's like, "It was wonderful." It was wonderful. It yeah, was so great. The last thing his head says before he loses consciousness, consciousness is like, "That was wonderful." <laughs> um, so yeah, not only does the super crack make you explode, fooling around with the Frankenhooker causes you to explode. So uh, the first guy she picks up, he explodes. And I like that she starts to leave, but she goes back in to get the money <laughs> and then leaves. Um, so what happens next? Uh, so she, she ends up going back to the bar where Zorro is lamenting the loss of his prostitutes. She kills someone else them. first, though. She kills someone, huh? else. she kills someone else on the way to the bar. Really? On the way to the bar, that yeah. guy is like, hey. Uh, which she's oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The room. yeah, and he's like, I'm gonna stick my tongue down your throat. And she yeah. and like, he kisses her, and then he, he forces himself on her, and then he explodes. Explodes, yeah. There's another guy who's just like super creepy towards her, and he tries to grab her, make out with her again. I'm not sure how all these guys are missing that she's a corpse, but anyways, um, he goes after her and she he kisses her, and then he explodes. You're right, so. Uh, then they make their way back to the bar, like I said, uh, where Zorro is all sad because he's lost all his girls. Um, now she gets picked up by one of Zorro's. What? He's like he's talking to the guy, his friend at the bar. He's like, "I didn't lose them; they just exploded. <laughs> they yeah. just exploded, man." And what does the guy say? When a man loses his hose, he loses everything. When the uh, mayor. <laughs> Oh my gosh. All right. So, but this guy, he, he, the third guy in a row to just think the Franken hooker is great. So he kind of like takes her aside through the table and he's really coming on to her <laughs> while Zoro is like, what the hell is this thing? And he tries to crawl under the table, under the table and go down on her. And we've already figured out what happens when you try and do something sexy with the Franken hooker, you explode. Um, so, this freaks everybody in the bar out. They all start running. Uh, Zoro confronts her and he's like, what the hell are you? You, you know, this is, <laughs> this is not your arm. This is my girl's arm. What's wrong with you? Uh, and she pushes him. So he punches her. And this is a really cool moment. He actually knocks her head to where it's dangling off the back of her body. And this is, it's creepy. And it's a good effect too. It's still, you know, we see from behind her, her head, her face still moving before she shuts down. Uh, Jeffrey arrives and takes her home with Zoro following them. And we're getting close to the end here. Um, Jeffrey manages to reattach her head and bring her back to life again. But now... Uh, she remembers now. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, now, Elizabeth. somehow, she is Elizabeth again, right? She's back. But she... Um, She's like, oh, this is a miracle. You brought me back to life. But then she realized what he did to her and that she's just like, she's like, these are, these are not my arms. These are not my legs. Uh, I think she even says these are not my boobs. Um, so, but while she's, Jeffrey's trying to explain to her like, oh, this is what I had to do. Zorro comes in and decapitates him with a machete. Um, now... All right, who wants to take the last the last good scare here? Just I guess uh, Justin, you um what happens next? All the the all the body parts hear Zoro talking. Yeah, I feel I almost feel bad taking this one from you, but uh, I'll take a swing at it. Um, I mean, all the hookers' body parts start coming out of the little cooler vat thing that they're in, and uh, the like fluid and uh, 
there's all kinds of like creepy creepy ones so some of them look like babies sort of and then some of them look like old men in the face and then there's one that has like a mouth where a mouth shouldn't be and then there are like arms mixed with heads that have kind of like molded together in ways that like that, that they're not supposed to be there's another one where a, a head is being held by a hand and it <laughs> it, it kisses Zoro <laughs> before they drag him off um <clears throat> so yeah it's like really creepy and it's finally like a nice payoff from the from the cooler there and all the extra body parts and they are creepy as fuck this Can is I this is what? a real scary probably the only really scary scene in the movie and it is freaky um it kind of reminds me of you guys remember in toy story where they oh find all this <laughs> that's exactly where my head was at <laughs> All right, yeah. Mia was thinking the same way, where they find all of Sid's toys and he's done like cruel things to them and they're all messed up. It's yeah. kind of like that, except with real human bodies. And they are put together in all kinds of bizarre, unnatural ways. Um, what did you think about this scene movie? Other uh, scene Mia, other than the Toy Story? Toy Story movie? Uh, falling apart. <laughs> Hi, folks. It was, it was fun recording. It was, it, that's what exactly what it reminded me of of that scene from Toy Story. I thought it was creepy, but I thought it was really great because they look creepy as hell and like kissing Zoro and like dragging him to the and then I love that at the very end hand comes back and picks up the crack and takes <laughs> it inside. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh can't, can't forget the drugs. There's some great special effects work here, and it also, again, it reminds me a lot of the end of Bride of Reanimator. There's a, a similar thing where after he makes his woman, all the rejected body parts kind of come out, fused together. I'm not sure. I'd have to watch that scene again. I think this one might be creepier, um, whereas that one was a little more played for comedy. But this is a it is a creepy scene. Um, and yeah all right well we got one more twist so uh, that 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 scene really makes the movie for me though how, how messed up that is um but we got one final twist okay so elizabeth has her consciousness back uh zorro has been dragged into the the refrigerator or whatever that is with all the monstrous body parts and uh mia i'll let you take the final twist ending of the movie. Okay, cool. So right before Zorro actually cuts off Jeffrey's head, um, Elizabeth was asking him, how was he able to do this? That he should share this with the world. And he said, well, I'm only able to do it because there was like, I think like estrogen or something like that, mm-hmm. but only with women parts. Yeah, the, the fluid is estrogen based. So Yeah, and only with women. And so it then leads to our wonderful twist that Mr. Jeffrey left such really great notes that Elizabeth did her own experiments and Jeffrey wakes up in a new body. He and wakes it is and a it is- sexy body. <laughs> he starts freaking out and then starts cupping his own boobs because he's in a woman's body in the rest of the parts that... Elizabeth was able to scavenge from what was left over to build him because, of course, the irony. But yeah, <laughs> she repeats his speech back to him. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Again, keep in mind here: this is full frontal nudity with Jeffrey's body on a woman's head. I mean, his hands like covering the groin, so you can't see the details, but you do very clearly see the breasts, <laughs> and he's like, ah. He even says, what does he say? Where's my Johnson? I think he says. It's like his last line. Uh, and that's it. That's how the movie ends. Woo! Thanks wow. for the recommendation. This was a fun ride. Yeah, that this was great. If you like super black comedy, um, this is a movie for you. It's really gross. Um, you know, it doesn't hold anything back. Um <laughs> Uh, any last any last words on this one? I think we covered it pretty thoroughly. No, um, I really enjoyed it, and it gave me even it, it gave me a weird memory to Toy Story I wasn't prepared for. Yeah, 
that Toy Story scene is kind of like this scene, but for kids, you know, when you're a kid, that's a messed up scene. Uh, <laughs> so that is, that movie is brought to you again. I want to give him another shout out, Frank Hennenlotter. Uh, hey, Frank, if you're listening to this, I sent you a Facebook request and you still haven't responded. <laughs> um I know you're busy, but come on, man. Nah, anyways, uh, Frank's great. He um, he posts online a lot, actually. And he made Basket Case. He made Brain Damage. He made Frankenhooker. They're all just great exploitation movies. Um, and then he stopped for literally after this one, 1991, he made Basket Case 3. And then he did not make another movie until 2008 because his style of film lost popularity. He was a what he was doing was perfect for the 80s and then in the 90s going into the 2000s you know no one wanted these kind of crazy crazy movies anymore so he didn't make a movie for 18 years um then he made another one called bad biology in 2008 which i haven't seen yet but i'm sure it's great uh, and he's made some uh he's made some documentaries too let's see here he made a documentary about herschel gordon lewis um he made a, a documentary called That Sexploitation about old pre-porn sexy movies. Um, so yeah, Frank's great. Thank you for all the, the, the great fun you've given us. Um, yeah, I don't think there's anything left to say about Freaking Hooker. It's awesome. Go watch it. Uh, go watch all his movies. Uh, I, I live for these kinds of films. It's really well executed and... too. It's like it really balances dark comedy and horror really well, um, and some nods to like uh, science fiction. Um, it's it's really fun. Yeah, yeah, and it's another movie that I just couldn't see it being made today. If it was made today, uh, you know, I say this a lot, but the practical effects are what make this movie. If you tried to do this all with CGI, it just it would lose a lot of the fun. You know, <laughs> just all the, the rubber foots and fake boobs and stuff like that. Um, it's not a sequel to anything. Hmm? What? That's not a sequel to anything. Yeah, it's, it's just uh, it's just kind of a, a different take on the Frankenstein story. And uh, it's a lot of fun, you know. So next up, we're going to go back to uh, Godzilla. Godzilla. Yeah, it's time for another Godzilla movie. We Woo-hoo! are doing... Ghidorah, the three-headed monster, I believe. What was the last one we did? Mothra? Godzilla versus Mothra. Um, So this is, um, I believe, the first appearance of Ghidorah. And that's exciting. This is like peak Godzilla early films, too. This is like peak peak action for early the early run of Godzilla, I think, if I remember right. Yeah, so we're in 1964 here. These are still this. This is before the Godzilla movies go uh, kid friendly and super cheesy. Um, well, okay, Godzilla versus Kong was pretty cheesy, <laughs> but uh, the last one was good. Godzilla versus Mothra was good. I remember this. This one's a good one. Um, yeah, we're still in 1964 here. So, yeah, good stuff. All right. Thanks, guys, and thanks thanks for the recommendation of Frankenhooker. We had a lot of fun with it. Uh, everybody, send us your recommendations. We are on iTunes now, um, so please, if you could, we'd really appreciate it if you go on iTunes, give us a subscription, maybe a review or something. That kind of stuff helps more people uh, find the podcast. So, um, All right, that's it. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.